I remember for me, Spice Girls was the moment. Oh my god! When I saw <laughs> when I saw that video and I saw those curls, man, yeah. I was like, Mom, yeah, Mom, Mom, <laughs> Mom, <laughs> Mom. <laughs> why can't I do that? Welcome to the Women of Marvel podcast. I'm JD Stevens. I'm Sana Amanath, and I'm Angelique Roche. Angelique. Today, we're actually going to throw it back to a time before you were a host of this show to when you were a guest. Yeah, your first time on our podcast. So we're returning to one of our favorite interviews we've done on the show, a conversation we had with actress Simone Missick, who played Misty Knight in Marvel's Luke Cage. And the one and only Angelique Rochet herself about the role hair plays in shaping culture and identity. This was a really great conversation. And Simone was actually so excited. And I was so excited because we did this interview the day after the red carpet for Marvel's Luke Cage season two. And it was because I had literally seen Simone in three different hairstyles in 24 hours. So it was a great lead in. And I really loved getting to share my own experiences as well with the relationship with hair. And I loved getting to hear why hair meant so much to Simone and how her connections with hair had evolved throughout her life and career. When you're younger, you can go to somebody and they can put a chemical up in your hair and straighten it, or they can press it to high heaven and then it's super bone straight. You get that, you're told that from the time you're young, how to make that happen. But no one tells you how to just love yourself and your hair the way it grows out of your head. Why is that? As well as Judy's very cool and nuanced relationship with hair, because if anyone has seen your hair, Judy, they realize that it is magnificent. Aw, thanks, Angelique. Hair plays such a significant role in how women, and specifically women of color, are both perceived and how they perceive themselves. And we really take that into account when we are building characters in the Marvel Universe, characters like Misty Knight and Captain Marvel, understanding that their hair, as subtle as it may seem, is a really big part of their character identity. And of course, as you guys know, stories shape a big part of how we perceive other people. And so we want to make sure when we're building characters, we think about those little things. We think about those those little character aspects that make them who they are, because hopefully you will get to know them better and also fall in love with them a little bit more. It's the most beautiful thing to see. All of these these women come in and go, oh, I am enough. And then they feel empowered to be those kinds of characters on screen. I was just so honored to be able to have this conversation with both Angelique and Simone. So let's check out what they had to say. I am sitting between two amazing epic Epic, 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 epic women. I want to welcome our Marvel's Voices host, Angelique. Yay. Thank you. And of course, Simone Missick, Misty Knight. I want to say your arm in that show. Hey. It looks amazing. Really? Oh my God, it looks good. What was it like to come on set and be like, I'm a superhero now? Uh, Painful. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> you know, you always hear about like the people who um, have to sit through like seven or eight hours of makeup in order to get ready. I didn't have that, but that getting that arm on took two people 
baby powdering my entire arm before they slid it on. <laughs> and then it's like it, it takes a while for the for the material to give way to your body. Yeah. So you're literally walking around like half of you is is gone for the first like maybe hour of the day. Don't let it be a fight scene day because then you're trying to like punch and you've got like metal and stuff all over your head. It was it was a lot. But like you said, you walk on set and you realize I'm a superhero now. And um, people who are working are enamored with it. Like they're like, can I touch it? Can I see it? Every new director would come and they're like, oh, my God, this is amazing. Let me look at this. And so it, that part of it is huge. Well, the topic of this conversation came to be because, you know, Sana and I were talking about hair and what hair means to us. Yeah. And, you know, hair is really personal. Mm-hmm. For, but I feel like for women specifically, we get told time and time again throughout our lives mm-hmm. how our hair should look. Oh, yeah. What does hair mean to you guys? Like what for you? Was it something that you just like loved and you were just like with it? I mean, your hair this week has been fierce, oh, by the way. Thank you. Every every single time. Every day. Thank yeah. Thank you very much. Thank and, you. <laughs> you know, and for those listening at home, like each one of us have such unique hair. You yeah. Know? But like what does hair mean to you? You know, it's, it has evolved as I've gotten older, as everything does. I'd stopped putting chemicals on my hair when I was in college. So that was a while ago. But then the idea of going natural where I wouldn't straighten it. I did that maybe 10 years ago or eight, mm. no, eight years ago. And um, it was a long journey to get to the place where I was when I booked Luke Cage season one. That was the first job that I walked into the door with my natural hair. And I decided, I was like, something about this woman that I'm reading on the page seems like she should just have natural hair. So, because as an actor, People are constantly like, oh, no, no, no. You need to have long, straight hair. Or if it's curly, it has to be the white kind of curly, like the biracial curl. It can't be the kink curl. And, you know, I have some kinky, curly hair. So for some reason, it was something about the character that leapt off the page, this missy, you know, woman that I was like, oh, okay. It wasn't until I got the job. I was like, oh, isn't that wonderful? It looks like her hair looks just like my hair. But I will say this. There was a moment, and I remember I was um, trying to decide between how to wear my hair. I forget what it was for. And there was this thought that I would be putting out the image that I wasn't enough, that my hair wasn't enough, that black women's hair wasn't enough. And I'm crying to my husband, like, I don't want to perpetuate this stereotype. I don't want for women to feel like they, they, you know, have to ascribe to this Eurocentric type of beauty in order to be good enough. And he brought to my mind, he was like, Simone, you change your hair every other day. It's just a part of your creativity, as you've seen this week. And, and if you go on my Instagram, it's always different because that's how I express myself. So I have stopped having other people's expectations on the way I should look and be and the type of black woman I should be. So it's it's evolved over the years. No, I, I couldn't agree more. I think for me, when I was a kid, we always got perms. Like mm-hmm. it was a thing. Mm-hmm. Your hair was straight. It didn't matter what you wanted. And when I got to college, I, I actually was on a trip to Mexico and I got my hair cut off and came back with no hair. This did not go over well (laughs) with my parents. So it wasn't even like, and I remember just this evolution, even in law school when I decided to do locks, 
my career development office was like, you're not going to get a job. You know, I had moments where I was being a student representative of a scholarship fund. And I remember the CEO making a statement to the VPs that locks were a trend and that they were going to train students to understand that there was a certain wardrobe and a certain right. Like I've I've had it to such an extent that when I, I finished grad school, I was sitting there up for a job. And I remember having locks and I remember not getting the job because I didn't fit the culture. Mm. And it was that was the day I was like, cut them off. Mm. And I went natural and I kept going natural and I had these moments. And it's always been this career field, like going mm. this understanding of being in a career field and having to have straight hair. And I remember even being on the hill. Mm-hmm. I was growing my locks back. And then suddenly I stopped and I got straight hair. And mm-hmm. coincidentally, 45 days later, I got a raise and a promotion. And it, it was these wow. moments where you're like, this is carrot and stick. Wow. And I remember the moment I left the Hill and I went to campaign politics and I was like, I'm done. Braid it. Done. Mm-hmm. Not doing this anymore with y'all. Mm-hmm. No more perms. No more going through. And I took the braids out and I was in North Carolina. Because, I, again, I had locks for four years when I was in college. It's not like it was my first time going natural. Mm-hmm. And I was in North Carolina and I had been doing, you know how your hair is both a little perms uh-huh. and a little natural. It's like the sweet spot. And it, does, it doesn't it really d- want to behave <laughs> most days in the humidity. <laughs> and I walked into the salon. I said, cut it off. Mm. I'm done. Mm-hmm. And I was like, if you're not going to hire me because I have natural hair, then you shouldn't be hiring me. Yeah. But the moment I got home, my dad was like, so where's your hair? Oh. And I said, oh, oh it's on the barbershop there. <laughs> Because you get to a point where you you have that moment where you're like, I'm done. Like, how can I say, be creative, be out there, do you, Mm -hmm. when I'm going, well, I guess I can't shave my sides off because I know that people are going to do X, Y, and Z because my sides are shaved. Mm -hmm. Because most people, when they find out, I'm a lawyer. Like, I come from a background, I've worked in politics. They're like, oh, really? It doesn't change what I know. It doesn't change what I'm good at Mm -hmm. but I think it's such a a message for women of color where you think about our moms who went every single Saturday got a live perm had to press it out Mm -hmm. in hours like that was what you did that Saturday you were in the salon getting your hair straightened and so I think it's 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 so amazing to see characters that have natural in fact I think there was a podcast that was literally named after Misty Nice Twist Outs yep yeah Love it. I mean, her, her comic image of this afro mm-hmm. is so iconic. And it's, it's something that translates so smoothly mm. to film. I think it, you know, it's just so important that women, including Sana, who's not here right now, but yeah. like all four of us have a story about our hair that's really important. Yeah. You know, I started dyeing my hair when I was in high school. It's something that's part of me. It's I'm Judy, Judy and pink hair. That's just yeah. who she is yeah. now. But, you know, in the beginning... I took a risk. Mm. Now everyone has dyed hair. It's like everyone's got pastel hair. Right. Yeah, hair. Unicorn hair. Everyone like it's on Instagram and everyone has yeah. like great yeah. like but but I didn't want I wanted to be creative. I wanted to be me. Yeah. And that's important. And I think that a lot of young girls and boys out mm-hmm. there probably wrestle with who they are and what their hairstyle should be based on what society tells us is expected. Yeah. And it's it's kind of ridiculous. You know what's funny when I think about it? You talked about your dad and, and your mom, and you're talking about what little boys and little girls are, uh, they kind of deal with. So for me, it's twofold. 
One, I remember when I first moved to L.A., I was just regularly straightening my own hair. And then I got to L.A. and I was like, oh, I need a weave. This oh, is, I remember that this moment. Is, this is the L.A. uniform. I got to have a weave in weave order to be successful, bank, right? Ugh. Only I was getting like the basement bargain budget weaves. And so <laughs> like sometimes it would be like my texture on the top and then really super straight on the bottom. Like I, I got some bad pictures. But I went home and my parents were like, what did you do to your hair? Because they are people who embrace the natural of everything. For years, my mom wore her hair in a really short, short cut. And my dad loves her hair short. He's so mad she's natural and has long, curly hair. Even though everyone that she sees is like, oh, my God, you have a beautiful head of gray hair. So that was one thing. But then I think about, you know, when I see little kids who have their hair dyed, I'm always like, you're too young for that. Like that in my mind, even though for them, like you said, it's probably just a form of creativity and expression. I'm like, look at that little seven-year-old girl with highlights. Who would do that to a child? Why? Like, what? Yeah. It's just dye. You know, it's not like she's going to push up bra and some high heels. It's just some hair color. So it's interesting, even when I examine my own ideas of what is the norm, yeah. you know, oh, no, hair dye for a child, that's not normal. That's not acceptable. But why? Why not? Yeah. I mean, just the idea of, like, mm. having mm. color in my hair, I feel like people treat me like I'm younger. Interesting. Like, I feel like... People sometimes treat me like I'm still in my 20s because I've dyed hair. But mm. I, and I think that that is that older generation of like, mm-hmm. oh, only like teenagers dyed their hair. Right. But, Interesting. But nowadays, so many adults I know, I mean, I've gone up to women at conventions, like like women's in their 40s and 50s who have like beautiful purple and blue hair. I've been like, mm-hmm. oh, my God, your hair is amazing. Mm-hmm. I think that the, the just like tattoos, I think the, the ebb and flow is changing. But I think it has a lot to do with what we see on screen. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, seeing different types of people on screen, not just skin tone, but hair is so mm-hmm. important. Mm-hmm. And I think that, you know, like how important is it that Misty Knight and not just Misty, but all of your other co-stars, women, they're all powerful, fierce women, mm-hmm. good and bad. <laughs> <laughs> but that you guys almost all have natural hair. It's amazing. Yeah. yeah. You know, I am so thankful that, you know, we have a creator a showrunner like Cheo. You know, Cheo's wife has natural hair. It's so mm, And so beautiful. for him, it was important. And, you know, I remember season one, we were trying to figure out the last look of the season for Misty. And I, you know, had got it in my head. I was like, we have to do the classic Misty Night Afro. Like, come on, guys, what are we even talking about? Like, what do you mean? What is Misty's hair going to look like? It's the last scene. She's in the club. She's in Harlem's Paradise. It's got to be the look. You know, we would have women come on and these women who are actresses in New York will go, you know, I, I wore my hair curly for the audition, but I mean, do you need for me to wear it straight? And and they would go, no, like, we hired you the way that you look. And it's Ugh. such a tremendous gift because you see that look on their face. I'm going to cry. You see that look on their face where they go, oh, like you want me as I am. Like you want me to come in the door the way I come in the door? Really? I don't have to put this thing on my head and fit into this box. I can be me. It's the most beautiful thing to see. All of these these women come in and go, oh, I am enough. And then they feel empowered to be those kinds of characters on screen. You know, I before I came to Marvel, I was Mm -hmm. a vice president of a foundation. Mm. But when I came in for my first meeting, I sunk back into that moment where I was like, 
Do I grow my sides back before I go into this meeting? Mm. Do I take my braids out? Mm. Do I leave them in? What do I do? Mm-hmm. Like, I'm not really sure mm-hmm. because you've ha- you've gone through so many of those moments in your life that people will, will make that judgment before you walk in the door. And I think I was lucky enough that I went, they've seen my Instagram. My headshots everywhere. Mm-hmm. They're pretty clear who they mm-hmm. asked to come in this mm-hmm. office. Mm-hmm. And I think it's that if we had more moments like that yeah. where someone could walk into an audition mm-hmm. and it's not the next step is, so we're going to have to get your hair. Mm-hmm. Why? Mm-hmm. Like, I'm mm-hmm. still the same skilled, talented person that you asked to come to this this office yeah. and be this person. And it says so much because I remember for me, Spice Girls was the moment. Oh my god! When I saw, <laughs> when I saw that video, and I saw those curls and scared man, yeah. I was like, "Mom, yeah, mom, mom, <laughs> mom, mom. <laughs> why can't I mm-hmm. do that? Like, mm-hmm. why can't mm-hmm. I have curly hair? It would still be three years before I was like, so I'm gonna cut this off. Wow, yeah, and you're just gonna be mad, yeah." And, you know, I think the funny thing, too, is this other journey is what do you do with it after you cut it off? Because we don't. And and that's I think that's a very unique thing of being a woman of color is like Mm -hmm. once you cut it off, it's like, oh, I don't know how to take care of it. Because for me, being from the South, I know your mom has. I saw her hair. Yeah. It's beautiful. She's here today, too. It is gorgeous. But there are a lot of women out there who are now looking and going, oh, Misty Nice Twist Out? What's a twist out? Yeah. How do I do that? Yeah. And then going and learning that and just changes the paradigm. It does. I get asked so often, like, what's your hair routine? So I'm very transparent about, you know, something that seems trite, but for so many women it is important because figuring out how to take care of your natural hair is such a process. I feel like, like you said, you know, when you're younger, you can go to somebody and they can put a chemical up in your hair and straighten it or they can press it to high heaven and then it's super bone straight. You get that. You're told that from the time you're young how to make that happen. But no one tells you how to just love yourself and your hair the way it grows out of your head. Why is that? Because it's not financially viable for the beauty industry to just let you be you. We want you to be our version of you. Yeah. So I always say it takes a village to keep a twist out. <laughs> you know, it takes it takes a lot of women to help each other figure out how to how to do this natural hair thing. And, and I want you now that we're talking about hair. Really, last thing, notice for Misty as she starts out the beginning of season two, she is without an arm. She's putting some edge control on her on her edges with a small brush in the mirror with one arm. And her hair is in a, in a wash and go in the natural hair community. We know, we know that, that means you just literally wash your hair and walk out the door because she can't do a twist out with one arm. But then as she gets her swagger back, she gets an arm, the hairstyle changes. So watch for those small subtleties because that's what happens when you have someone who leads the hair department in the second season that knows the minutia and the subtlety of that type of hair. So... That was one last hair clip. Well, that was great. I yeah. mean, I, it's important. It's why it's why Misty's amazing. Yay! Thank Yay! You. Well, Agreed. thank you so much for joining us. Thank you. So thanks again to Simone Misick for joining us way back when, and thank you too, Angelique. Aw, thanks, Judy. Thank you for being part of that conversation. But, you know, I also really enjoyed the conversation you had afterward with Sana, where you talked a little bit about your own experience with hair. I wish I had had so much more time to talk 
to Simone and Angelique. I really got like emotional and there were points when they were talking that like the hair stood up on my arms because I was seeing that people of color have something to look to on screen. I think it's so important. And to just showcase that like not every black woman is just going to spot an afro. There's like so much more to it. But you know, I have to say when I was like a young girl, I was very conscious about the fact that my hair looked totally different than everybody else's. Like, of course, I grew up in a mostly like white schooling system, white neighborhood. And the only other person actually who was quote unquote brown was my cousin. He was half Dutch and he looked white and it was so unfair. But (laughs) I had all these issues about what my hair needed to look like. My mom didn't know what to do with my hair because she had three boys and then me and she was surprised that I, I was a girl. And there's all these complications about me learning to figure out how to do my hair. And I don't have like flowing, like thick hair. You know what I mean? Like I just have like normal brown, like, you know, like flat hair. So as I grew up and I saw all these images outside of me, outside of the skin color issues, I was like, oh, man, I was like, and I can't get flowy, wavy hair like that. Like it's it's really, really frustrating. And I remember at one point I was like, I'm going to do something edgy. And I went to the salon and the woman like cut my hair and she cut it so short and it ended up becoming this boy haircut. Like literally, like not even like, oh, you know, it's short and girls can have short hair too. No, I mean, I mean, look like a boy's haircut because it was like cut weird to the side. It was like a bowl cut. And I was so mad. And I went home and my brother looked at me and he's like, what did you do? And I started crying. But it's just, you know, it goes to show like you are so, so aware of how the first thing that people see, obviously, is your face. And then a hair is a big part of that. So definitely affected my childhood. I wish I could have <laughs> given you my hair because I didn't want my hair. I have like really, really, really thick hair and I have a lot of hair. So growing up, I hated my hair. I hated having to do anything with my hair. I wasn't allowed to have scissors because I would go and cut my hair myself. There is an epic photo we can always post on the internet. I look really bad, but I went and cut my own bangs. And it's like, you know, that awkward where it's like, doop, doop, doop. Like it's like, high, low, high, low, high, low. I looked really bad. Oh, my God. I hated my hair. So growing up, I would wear my hair in a ponytail. And it was long. It was like down in the middle of my back. I would wear it in a ponytail with a headband because I hated having hair in my face. I hated dealing with my hair. So girls, I got got picked on very much when I was younger. They would steal my hairband and my my hair tie so that I would have to wear my hair down. That's so sad. Yeah. And so it really just emphasized that I hated my hair. And then I always wanted to dye my hair. But um, back then, parents did not allow 15-year-olds to dye their own hair. So I wasn't uh, allowed to dye my hair until I was 17. And then I never looked. I never stopped. I never looked back. And I've been dying my hair since. But now everyone has my hair because it's cool. Yeah. You have a cool, you have Captain Marvel, but it's, Captain Marvel haircut. Yeah. But it's also, you know, it's something that by shaving your sides, it's very masculine. And so by having sort of this style hair, it's I think it's a statement in general. I mean, but I just I, lo- I like my hair. But for men, it's a weird statement where like clearly I must be gay or something because I have this like masculine hair. Well, I think I don't know if it's necessarily for men. I think just people have a perception that women should have a certain length of hair and men should have a certain length of hair and like it can swap. Right. Like. A lot of men have fabulous long hair. I've met guys, I've actually dated guys who've had longer hair than me. In the Sikh culture, it's actually a part of the culture, their cultural religious identity to never cut their hair. Men have these gorgeous long 
locks that they end up tying into something called a bug, bugri, which is like a turban. And women, too, always grow their hair. You don't cut any part of your hair. Like, that's why a lot of men have uh, lots of beards and long hair, because it's a signal of strength. And so I have experienced different interactions with individuals on how they perceive their hair, the struggles that you have with it, the way that you value it, the way that you are ashamed of it. Like, it's so crazy how we have all of these different attitudes. And it's literally just this, like, dead thing that is on top of our heads. <laughs> so, you know, hopefully, like, people who've listened, who are listening to this podcast will appreciate the fact that there are all these different kinds of unique stories and that everyone comes from a different perspective and eventually will find a way to find some beauty in their own hair and some sort of sense of, of strength from that hair and realize that it should not be like anyone else's. It should be how you want it to be. And hopefully, like, whoever parents are listening, they realize the impact this is going to have on their kids as well. Yeah. Dye your hair like me. Everyone should have purple hair. <laughs> I can't do purple hair. I've never dyed my hair ever in my we life. We can get you purple extensions. Yeah, let's do that. Everything you just heard previously aired in the Women of Marvel episode, Hair, Culture, and Identity with Simone Missick, which you can find wherever you get your podcasts. All right, so we dropped some names. We talked about some characters. Obviously, we talked about Misty Knight because we had Misty Knight in the studio at the time. But are there any other characters with great hair who we didn't get to or like has had some kind of hair identity change situation? Like for me, it's Monica Rambeau. Like you guys know that. You know that's oh, yeah. who I'm yes. going to say all day, every day because she's had like seven different hairdos. Yeah, I mean, likely because people did know how to draw her hair. <laughs> I mean, she started off with the foxy, like the big foxy brown fro, right? And then suddenly she's got this straight pixie cut, and then she's got these these dreads and ages of hate. Like, honestly, my my favorite has always been the fro, like the old school Monica fro, all day, every day. Yeah, because it's aerodynamic and beautiful. But uh, yeah, she definitely has gone through some changes. Well, when I think about hair with characters, it always comes down to Storm. Storm has had many different hairstyles over the years, but she also has, like, there's a debate about which hairstyle people like. Like, it's Mohawk. the, the exactly, no, Mohawk. There's no Justic. debate. It's Mohawk. <laughs> period. <laughs> Who's debating? Listen, listen, there are some people who just really, really love the luscious, what was that? That white hair look from the cartoons. Some people Ugh. are fans. I mean, Angela's okay. real mad about I that. I guess. I guess <laughs> it's fine. I mean, it's not like I'm a mohawk or anything. <laughs> again, point of contention. <laughs> I will say, seeing Simone bring Misty Knight to life was phenomenal. And also for me, being in the theater of the premiere of Marvel Studios' Avengers Endgame, and literally seeing Brie Larson come on screen. In her Carol Danvers pixie cut hair, I literally screamed out loud and I like grasped the hand of my coworker Jen Lai, who was sitting next to me, and we were like, ah! It, you know, it, it's these moments that are the changing of tides of, of women and the power of hair and what it what it means to all of us. Yeah, I love that they did that and and understanding especially how much that change meant for the community, for fans of Captain Marvel, for people who honestly had become Marvel fans because of that, because I think Captain Marvel was that first character that a lot of folks and women could relate to. 
Um, so it was really, really nice to see that. But, you know, like, I think about this a little bit more, and I'm like, outside of some of these characters, I can't think of that many whose hair has changed over the years. And, like, I feel like that's really interesting because I'm like, huh, I don't know if it was because mostly men were drawing these characters or if it was just a lack of sort of thought about it, um, at least sort of back in the day. But I do think there is something to the fact that, like, hair is linked, especially longer hair is linked to, you know, older concepts of beauty. And perhaps that's why they were able to change that. I don't know. What do you guys think? Well, I think it's interesting because like when you look at a character like Mary Jane, right? Like, So Mary Jane has had a couple of versions of hair, but nothing has ever been kind of as drastic as, you know, the pixie cut or the mohawk uh, outside of what we talked about. So I, I, I think it's a really good point, Sana. Yeah, and here's to maybe in the future seeing even more, you know, evolutions of hair for different characters. And not only, you know, female, some of the men. You never know. Maybe more men with mohawks. I'd be in for that. You actually just brought up a good point. Bishop, another character who's had several different hairstyles. All right. But then that's about it, right? Like, I feel like I would love... that's it. Have we seen Gambit with long hair? I feel like he's someone that would probably have had long hair. I could see him in a man bun. Oh, my God, he's totally a man bud. <laughs> I have to go now research Gambit with long hair. Excuse me, everyone. Goodbye. Gambit with long hair. <laughs> There's definitely some fan fiction out there of Gambit with long hair. I will say, sorry, quick sidebar. So we created a character named Red Dagger in Miss Marvel, and he is a Pakistani hero. And it was a really big deal when we made him. And by we, I mean G. Willow Wilson and I and the rest of the creative team of Miss Marvel. And... I remember Willow and I were just like debating about the concept. So he has long, beautiful hair and it's tied into a man bun. And I remember her and I debating about man buns and how she's like, oh my God, I love them. And I'm like, oh, he doesn't look as cute now that he has a man bun. (laughs) (laughs) So listen, hey, we can we can apply it to men as well. There's there are some debates going on about like, you know, how you equate handsomeness and strength and whatnot with with hair. I feel like this conversation has just reminded us how deep a convo we can have about hair. So hopefully we can have more coming soon. If you want to read up on any of these characters, as well as other favorite Marvel stories, be sure to check out Marvel Unlimited, which offers thousands of comics for you to read on your phone or in your computer browser, wherever you are. It's all at MarvelUnlimited.com. So which Marvel character has your favorite hairstyle? Let us know. Email us at womenof at marvel.com or tweet at us at marvel using the hashtag womenofmarvel. And tweet at us, our personal hashtags, about what you like about our hair. We'll take that. I'm always dying and changing my hair color, so I'm always looking for suggestions. Are you dying for hair dye suggestions? Oh, oh no. No. Oh, bad jokes. Bad jokes. We got to wrap this up. We got to get out of here, guys. It's so great. Well, thanks for joining us today. We'll see you guys next time. This is Marvel, your universe. Women of Marvel is produced by Rebecca Seidel and Zachary Goldberg, along with Judy Stevens, Sana Amanath, Anjali Crochet, and me, Ellie Pyle. Our development manager is Kieran Heffa, and Jill DeBoff is our director of audio. 